Good evening from beautiful Changu, Bali. This is Julian, and this is the Resilient Entrepreneur. Uh, my new podcast. This is episode one, so this is super exciting for me to be recording this for you tonight. The Resilient Entrepreneur is a really important program to me because it kind of sums up all these things I've learned over the last decades of building, losing, and rebuilding a clean tech company, raising over $120 million on three different continents, building a global company, losing everything, and coming back stronger than ever before. What makes the difference now is that I'm not just stronger, I'm also much happier, I'm healthier. I live an amazing life between Europe and Bali with an amazing wife, a small daughter, and I want you to kind of benefit from my experience and giving some information and giving back to the entrepreneurial society because I've often felt very lonely myself over the years and the higher we were flying, it was more and more difficult to get advice and helpful support. Um, in sometimes very, very difficult and fast-changing times. So if my information, my experience can help you as an entrepreneur to make better decisions, to be stronger, and most important, take care of yourself and be happier, then I think I've achieved a lot, and this is why this is such an important mission to me. Stay tuned for episode one of The Resilient Entrepreneur. And we are back. Julian here um, from beautiful Changu, Bali, the home of the digital nomads. And a little bit something about myself. I used to be on air years ago, so you might wonder why I have this sexy, salty voice that you're listening to right now. No, I'm just joking. Um, I used to sometimes co-host a program on WNYC, New York Public Radio, where we would play incredible old opera records to an audience of maybe five or six people that couldn't sleep at night. But it was an amazing experience, and we usually just got a bottle of wine, we got a little bit drunk, and we were talking about the things that really matter to us. And now this is uh, quite a long time ago, but not that much has changed. Um, I'm sitting here with an actually surprisingly good bottle of Bavarian rum. Uh, who knew that Germans make such good rum? That really surprised me. And this is what's going to get me through this program and uh, keep me focused and keep me happy. And this is ultimately what this podcast is all about. I've been building, losing, and rebuilding a clean tech company for the last decade. And I can tell you there were many years that I was an extremely unhappy person. If I look at pictures of myself of the first 10 years of building this company, you can really see that I thought I was in this to run a sprint, right? I thought it was going to be done with three to six months or two years, maybe three years. But then I found out like after 10 years, I was still not done running, right? It kept on going and the challenges just kept getting bigger. So people think often that when they start raising a lot of money, all their problems go away. I totally disagree with that. The more money you raise, the bigger the problems get. And the bigger also gets the crowd of assholes you have to serve on a daily basis that have all different kinds of expectations and it create a truly lose-lose environment. And uh, this is what I experienced for the last few years until a year ago, pretty much everything blew up and one of our investors took over the whole company, leaving me with the decision if I should just go home and give up or rebuild my company. Even though I've been doing this for 11 years at that point, I literally didn't just have to start from scratch. I had to go back further. I was 20 million in debt at that program, at that moment, because I co-signed the last investment deal and personally guaranteed it. 
So which is probably really, really stupid thing to do for any entrepreneur, but it shows you how much I believed in our vision in our company. A few weeks ago, my work started on the resilient entrepreneur, which is really tailored to be a tool book for any entrepreneur out there. Because what I was missing over the years of growing this company was literally somebody I could learn from and not learn the amazing things like how Steve Jobs changed the world. I wanted to have personal advice. How do I stay healthy? You know, what do I do about myself? I was in a position where I was doing nothing anymore for myself. I was drinking too much, not sleeping enough, and I spent 24-7 trying to please other people, trying to keep the investors happy, engineers happy, come up with amazing products, and so on. And it was an incredibly tiring process, and I did very, very little for myself. So a few weeks ago, I had this amazing conversation with an Australian soldier who prepares for emergency situations in war zones. And they spent a lot of money, obviously, training Navy SEALs and preparing them for the situation that they end up in a very hostile environment without any of their support network around, and they have to make crucial life and death decisions. And it's not that as an entrepreneur you're usually doing life and death decisions, but it is on a certain level for you personally and for the people who support you. Because you might have not slept well in weeks, you might be traveling a lot. I used to travel between three different continents continuously. I was always tired. You were constantly overwhelmed by dealing with so many different aspects of the business. And you had to become a specialist so quickly in so many fields like accounting, fundraising, all these things that I never set out to be good at and knew nothing about when I started my company. And I really felt that the experiences that a soldier makes being in a crisis situation and how he felt after being in multiple war zones to a certain extent related to how I felt after 12 years of working in Silicon Valley, California, all over the world. I never thought I would be working in such a hostile environment. I never thought that I was going to be under so much pressure, sleep so little. I never thought I would be in a situation where nobody would take care of me. I was the only one who could take care of me. But at the same time, it was on me to motivate, to be super optimistic, to kind of drive the ship, to spend the energy, to pull other people, critical people along, dealing with ultimate long-term criticism from every single side, no matter what you decide. It was a clear lose-lose situation. But it made me stronger. And being here in Bali, it's an incredible place where people come to reflect, where people think on what is truly important. And I want to share with you, and I will share with you, what I found is important to me. And I will share with you the tools, one by one, that I think can make you a stronger, more successful, and especially happier entrepreneur. Probably like many of you, um, I read a lot of books and also listened to podcasts and I was on YouTube and I was thinking about writing this book for quite a while and I found this report. It's also people that I know that were like, you know, I wrote this book in 16 hours or in 20 hours. And so I was like, you know, 16 to 20 hours, it's Christmas holidays. I can't do that, right? So I sat down and drafted the first few chapters and it went pretty straightforward. 
I did then a speech, a keynote speech here in Bali for Nexus New Energy, which is a large accelerator program for cleantech entrepreneurs. And I had a little bit of, I would say, almost a mental breakdown on stage because it's usually not my way of communication of like cursing a lot and getting rather angry. But it was for me the first time I went out in public to talk about my experience of how it felt to build a company. And I really noticed that I really have some unsolved issues, to put it very mildly. I was up there and it was motherfucker this and fuck this. And it was like it was a crowd of 60 Muslim Indonesian entrepreneurs that looked at me with wide open eyes. And as they said to me later, it was impressive and uh, nobody's ever spoken to them like that before. But it's really truly not my style generally. But I did feel that there's still so many things that I need to talk about and get off my chest and kind of clarify for myself before I can move on and really fully commit to the next years of being a CEO and going out there and growing my company again to the size that it was before and beyond. So the first few chapters went pretty easy. I put it down into 10 chapters and I thought I can put this into a one hour presentation. Right? And then I started thinking about the most important aspects of building a great company. And the most important thing that struck me that I will talk about in this episode is building, creating, and communicating a clear, powerful vision of your company. Because when I look back, and I look back at the moment when I had to re build my company, when it was really down for the punch. And I didn't think anybody after investing 120 million would trust me to rebuild the business from scratch. I had to wonder what made us strong. What can I go out with? What is going to resonate with people to rebuild my company and reinvest? And you have to imagine that really the surprise for me that my company was going away would come very sudden. I thought, honestly, we're going to be too big to fail and we're just going to IPO or something like that in the near future. I was not prepared for a hostile takeover in that moment and had absolutely no savings. I haven't paid out any salaries in years. I was just waiting for the big payday and move on and retire and do something else with my life. So I had no savings. So the moment that my expense card would be cut off, I knew I literally didn't have a dime to my name. So I had to think what makes us strong and what makes people reinvest into our company. And so I came to the conclusion that the vision is probably the most important thing any business and any human being needs to get from A to B without losing track of their ultimate goal in life. I was in Africa over a decade ago, and I was at this resort in the middle of Ethiopia, and I woke up one morning and um, I felt really terrible. I had really bad food poisoning already for a few days, and I just had to go to the bathroom. That was my only wish. I don't know if you know this feeling when you're sweating and you feel sick and cramps and I got a very sensitive stomach. So I try to switch on the light and of course nothing is working. I'm laying there under my mosquito net. It is super hot. Air conditioners are not working. So I'm grabbing my phone, which is also dead because the electricity had been off for hours. And so I'm there in the deep black of the night. There was almost no moon that night and it was pitch black. 
and I knew there was only one toilet which was shared by about 50 people outside. And I was laying there and I was wondering what should I do next. I could have obviously just crapped in the corner but that is just truly not my style. So I got on all fours and I crawled through the nights through the bugs, through the roaches and everything else and I finally made it to this dirty shared toilet. And I woke up in the morning hugging the dirtiest toilet bowl I've ever seen in my life. And that made me really wonder how it's possible it was 2007 that still millions of people at that point, 1.2 billion people, don't have access to electricity and the most basic functions of society. And there my vision was born to bring clean electricity, heating and cooling to the people who need it most. Converting waste and biomass into clean energy where it's needed. True community empowerment, social change, because I truly believe that there can be no development without electricity. And since I worked for the German government back then, I had the chance to actually realize that vision and get amazing researchers from Fraunhofer Institutes and so on to start working on a very small power system that I still believe will change the world. So my vision became something much bigger than myself. It was a true social impact mission to bring clean energy from waste to the people who need it most. To the farms, to the huts in the middle of Southeast Asia, rural Africa, and parts of South America. And even though our company has now rebranded three times after the last shakeup, we have been through so many changes and ups and downs, and so many people came on board and left again. Five VC companies believed, invested, and later left when their funds were drained. And so much has gone wrong. But this vision, I believe, I have stayed true to. And so that day, when I had to make the decision how to move on, I was able to call one of our closest investors and ask him for a new investment. Because in every failure, in every breakdown, and this was a massive breakdown, right? Everything was wiped out. We worked for all of our shares, our valuation. I had a personal valuation of over 120 million at that point. Everything wiped off. But in that failure, there's also opportunity. And I looked at that opportunity Without looking back, I said, how can we benefit from this? And it dawned on me that we had massive amounts of debt at that point, almost 45 million euros we owed from different projects. And there are many things we had built in the past that were not working as well as we anticipated. So this was a chance. This was maybe a sign that I could break out of the situation I was in that I could build the company in a way that I appreciate it, that really fits the vision, that I could have a clean slate without forgetting my early investors, the ones that wanted to stay on board. I offered equity in the new company because it was never my goal that they lose their investment. They believed in me. But I can only help these people to get their investment back and be positive if I am strong, right? I have to be the one that drives the boat. I have to take leadership. Otherwise, everything would have been gone in that second. And so I called back one of our investors and asked him to reinvest into a brand new company. And this would be an amazing opportunity to be stronger, better than ever before. 
and I did raise new money within 48 hours and we started operation 48 hours after I was fired as CEO under a new company from Southeast Asia, continuing our development and building an incredible new machine with our core engineers, leaving everything else behind. So what I want you to think of is what is your vision? And that vision should be summed up in one sentence. If I can sum up my vision, which is a very complex technical vision, but also have a massive socio-impact, you can do it as well. You can make your vision as clear as one sentence. I'm now at a point in my life where more and more often I sit on panels and people ask me for my opinion on their startups, and I see all this passion. I see these young people that really want to change the world. They want to do something really big. But to be quite honest, I don't understand what they're doing. I sometimes sit there for 10, 15 minutes, and even by the end of the pitch, and I'm not just talking about some kind of IT algorithm back end that is far away from my day-to-day -day business that I'm maybe just too uninformed to understand. I don't understand sometimes what industry they're in, what the problems are they're trying to solve, who's benefiting from it. And when I talk to young entrepreneurs, I see that again and again, they all want to do something and they give me this long explanation how there might be the Uberization of dog food or something like that. I don't fully understand it. So I'm asking you right now to sit down and try to fit your vision into one sentence. This will be the most important sentence you might ever write in your life. And then I want you to write a second sentence. The second sentence will be the how you're going to achieve your vision. And that sentence might change over the next years, right, as new technology becomes available. And never be afraid of change and pivot. But you're still there with your first sentence to guide you. And the third sentence, write down the customer benefit. What are you bringing to humanity? What are you bringing to customers that makes their life better? I truly believe the idea that you bring into market doesn't just need to be better 10%. I think it needs to be 30%, 40%, 50% better. Other than that, nobody's going to go through the hassle of adopting anything new. So make it big. Think about that this mission statement, this vision, is asking people to make sacrifices for you. This vision will make people want to work for you. This vision will make people want to invest into your company. This vision is going to make your family understand why you can't spend time with them, while you have to work so much. So make it truly important, because everything around it is just a shell, right? If we think about what is the name of the company, where it's incorporated, all these kind of things can change. Who is working on the vision? All of these things will probably change over the period of time. But the core vision, what you do, how you do it, and how people benefit from it, these three sentences, will guide you as an inner compass through a very fast changing world. It will lead you, it will guide you, and no matter what changes come along, stay true to
to sentence number one and adopt changes to sentence number two and number three as better options and better ideas become available. So don't cling on to everything, but the core vision must stay. Otherwise, people will simply be confused. Now, how you get there is going to change on a day-to-day -day basis. So you are obligated as a leader to adopt, to change, to keep an open mind and keep trying to get to your vision whichever way works for you. And this is the end of episode number one of The Resilient Entrepreneur. My name is Julian here from beautiful Changu, Bali, and I hope that you subscribe to this program and you're going to tune in next time when we are talking about authenticity as a founder, which is going to bring you through decades of working hard around the clock and people trusting you no matter what happens along the way. Thank you very much for listening and have a great night from Changu, Bali, the home of the digital nomads.